Hello, everybody. Welcome to JJ's Sportatorium. We are live and in color, sort of. We're in your ear, Lone Star State style. Up here in Big D, and we're talking Cowboys, Stars, Mavericks, and everything in between, everything Dallas sports. Uh, we're going to start off with the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys were in the news over the weekend and today um, because they're going, or they uh, were in talks, rather, of... Uh, looking at Sam Ellinger. They talked to him, apparently, and, you know, he said that uh, it would be a dream to go play for the Cowboys. Uh, and, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Um, ben DiNucci is the backup quarterback as of right now because Andy Dalton went on to greener pastures. Uh, Dak Prescott's coming off of an injury. Um you know, it, it could fit. Looking at his stats over the years uh, at Texas, he has 11,436 yards passing, that is. 62.5 uh, completion percentage. And his career quarterback rating is 145.0. He has 27 interceptions to his name and 94 touchdowns. What does that tell me? Well, the man has a cannon of an arm. Um, looking a little further, he has, over the years, um, 1,903 rushing yards. So the man can run. He averages 3.4 yards career per run, um, and he has 33 rushing touchdowns. Uh, to me, that fits right around with Dak. Um, I do appreciate the fact that um, he can he can run. Uh, I do appreciate the fact that he has a pretty good arm. Um, well, yeah. Uh, it, it leaves me wondering what the Cowboys pick. What is it, 10th, I think it was? Cowboys picking 10th, do they go for defense and leave Ellinger out there at, for later rounds, maybe the second round? Or do they trade up to get him and then maybe um, get defense? I, I really don't know. But um, he would be a good fit. He would fill a need at the quarterback position. Uh, Dak as I said, is um, coming back from an injury and perhaps maybe having a player of similar style would be beneficial to the Cowboys. Now, they do have holes in the offensive line to fill as well. They have holes to fill on defense, and, you know, they, they do have um, weaker positions and positions of worse need, but... He would he would bring a little bit of a Dak-like style to the offense. And, I mean, I really wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, now, the thing about that is, would anybody else like to have him on his team, on their team? Um, he could be a good wild, uh, wild card, uh, wild cat. There we go. Wild cat words. He could be a wild cat quarterback. And, you know, slot in his running back. He can run. Um, you just never know. And, you know, he would be a good benefit for the Cowboys in that position, I really think. It would allow them to uh, not sacrifice somebody that they need for a play that's just off the wall. You know, they don't use Wildcat very often. And Ellinger would allow them to do so. Um, but th then again, you know, the NFL's different ranks, different leagues. It's the best of the best, the best of the college ranks. And, you know, they're seasoned veterans. And, you know, maybe he won't have such good luck in the Wildcat. But at the very least, you know, it would create a good quarterback competition between Danucci and 
himself. And I'm all for it because um, that I, it's, it's hard to put into words, but I like it. I mean, I've watched Ellinger since he started for the Longhorns. And yeah, he'd be a good fit on this squad. And um, not to mention, if Prescott were to get hurt, he uh, Ellinger would have C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. Should Amari Cooper not get traded? And you know, a whole slew of others. He wouldn't have to have pressure to make big plays because he's got Ezekiel Elliott by him and C.D. Lamb. It's just it, it would be an even more loaded offense. Um, but then again, you know what? would drafting Sam Ellinger do for the other positions of need? If you pass on him and you go for a tight end, for example, uh, you would have a tight end that would probably fill, or at least in their mind, it would fill a, a weakness, you know, run blocking or whatever the case may be. So is Sam Ellinger a must? Absolutely not. But he would definitely be... Uh, a good thing to have in in their back pocket, you know. Um, without Dak, the Cowboys floundered, and they they were on paper one of the best teams supposedly in the league, and they that that really irks me because media does that a lot. Oh well, the Cowboys are contenders if you look at this, this, and this, and it's just like you haven't seen them on the field, dude. Relax. Um, that <sighs> tight end, run blocking tight end, that would help. Yeah, undoubtedly. Also, a backup quarterback would as well. But that's not their position of most need. If you don't have a defense, you're not going to win a championship. And the Cowboys were the lowest of the low, almost, in terms of turnovers. And... Turnovers help. You know, it stops the progress of the other offense and it gives you a chance to make up for maybe past mistakes on other drives. The Cowboys' defense is just meh at best. And that is what I hope they draft. Uh, I don't have the courage to do a mock draft and tell you what player goes where because... I'm not privy to every player in the college ranks, to tell you the truth. I'm only privy to my area because that's what I watch. And, and you know, there's some longhorns and stuff. There's some horned frogs. You know, people around that area that the Cowboys could pick up and they'd be good. Um, but, you know, Ellinger says it would be a dream to come play for the Cowboys. Uh, if he's still there within the second, third round, I think you do pick him up, but he's not a must. He's definitely not a must. Defense comes first. Um, and with that, you know, I, I got to admit, I do have a lot of confidence in Dak. I think he comes back um, strong. I think he comes back better than ever. Uh, I don't know how the injury happened other than it looked like one of the linemen rolled up on him. I don't know if that ankle was about to give way anyway. I don't know any of that. But, you know, if it's surgically repaired and he's doing his thing on the football field now, uh, trying to recover, he might be good. And as I've said many a times on my show, I really hope the, the players are uh, helping him. Um... I read also that, you know, the, there's a trade scenario that could happen with Amari Cooper. Would they trade Amari Cooper for a draft pick? A pretty high one at that. Well, um, if you do that, you do dump salary, but you also dump one of the best players you got and one that Dak Prescott seems to really like. Uh, I think you also dump offensive production, and that is not a wise idea. Um, you know, when you have the likes of Dak Prescott on the bench, 
that already creates a weakness. You know, if you have somebody like Amari Cooper out on the field when Dak's not, you are, you're already going to be missing some snaps because I guarantee you whoever is replacing Dak, if he's injured, will not always see him. And there's also the likelihood that the dude might actually not even be able to throw it to Amari Cooper. Uh, Dak Prescott can. Sam Ellinger might be able to. But um, if if you want to keep talented people around uh, the quarterback, you can't be trading people for picks that they're not guaranteed to work, you know? And there is no absolute guarantee that any of them will work, in my mind. None at all. I mean, there have been... <laughs> there have been very good players that go to a team like Cleveland, and just absolutely flounder. You know, Baker Mayfield's doing good for himself, but let's look at um, the big-name, quote-unquote big-name players that have gone to that team before, Colt McCoy. Um, Tim Couch was a big name at one point, way back when. And they didn't do much. So, you know, when you look at that, I don't really trust the big names in the college ranks. You have to prove yourself, Um, especially at a position like quarterback, because, you know, that, that, that leads to the team. And, I mean, that's, that's really all I can say. Uh, If you're going to go for a big name, you go for the defensive people and, you let the other positions fall where they may. Because the defensive people will get you the ball. You know, that's what they did. And they have the stats to prove it. Meanwhile, somebody like the quarterback had the right mix of talent they needed to succeed. See, there's that too. So yeah, Cowboys go defense first. Cornerback, safety, linebacker, even defensive line, you know, that that's all. They need somebody at each, so you do that. You don't go after somebody like Ellinger unless it's a second round. Um, that's all I can say. They are weak at defense, so you attack the defense first. Or you're going to find them being attacked and made mincemeat of come football season. And... You know, (laughs) with people being afraid of the COVID precautions, you know, you have that to worry about too. It doesn't matter what names you have on the field if they're not willing to participate and if it's not safe to participate in practices. So, um, it's very much up in the air. And that is why I also won't do a mock draft because I really don't know. I don't know what their plan is. I know what their needs are. That's about it. And, you know, they obviously may have plans for this person while I didn't know that person existed. You know, there's always that. So it's up in the air. I hope the Cowboys go defense. I've said that since the very start. But Ellinger would not bother me at all because he's a Texas guy. And he's pretty good. Uh, Is he starter material in the NFL? If he's starter material in the NFL, I really don't know. Um, He... In my mind's eye, if you're starter material in the NFL, you're going to the national championship more often than not. And he didn't. So... There's that. Anyway, that's my Dallas Cowboys rant for now. Um, That's, (laughs) I think I've ran that into the ground, actually. So we're about to take a break. We'll talk a little Stars hockey uh, all the way up and down their minor league system, if I can. And then uh, who knows what will happen next. Stay tuned, though, because you'll find out, won't you? I'll be right back.
How about this for some hockey news? Patrick Marlowe finds himself in the record books for uh, most games played. He is right up there with Gordie Howe. Uh, congratulations to him. He's always been a standout player for the Sharks. Um, they actually sent him packing at one point, and they ended up getting him back. I don't know. Maybe he's about to retire. But uh, he's always been one of my favorite players and one that stood out to me with the Sharks. Uh, with that, we're going to talk some hockey, man. And I'm not talking regular hockey. I'm talking Dallas Stars hockey. How about these stars? They go on and they take the most recent two games on the 15th and 17th against Columbus after falling to the Panthers 3-2 three, three in overtime and losing... To Nashville on the 11th, 3-2 in the shootout. Well, look at that, though. They have something that they haven't accomplished very much this season, if at all. The two-game win streak, they have a chance to improve today against Detroit. That's at 6.30 p.m. They play back-to-back -back games against Detroit, though. Tonight, tomorrow, 7.30 against Detroit. And Detroit by the way, traded their best player, at least in my mind's eye, Anthony Mantha to Washington for, who is it? It is, um, Jacob Brenna and Richard Ponick. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I don't know what the story behind that is. I don't know if maybe they gave up on him. I don't know if that was just a panic thing because of where Detroit is in the standings. But I've always been a fan of him. There was one game that they played against Dallas where he was the scoring. And, you know, it kind of breaks my heart to see him go. I am a Dallas Stars fan through and through, but I'm also a hockey fan, and Anthony Menta should not be given up on. In fact, if I found a way to do it, if I was the GM of the Dallas Stars, I would take him. The man's good. And though he might have been in a slump this year, that's no reason to give up on the guy. We'll see what happens with the Stars tonight. Hopefully they don't end up molly-whopping my Stars. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Verona and Ponick are also two good players. And <laughs> to prove my point, um, Washington had to give up two players to get Mantha. That's a two-for-one deal. Like, you telling me that that dude's not a good guy, good player to have on your ice? Why would you do that? Um, you're so deep in the hole anyway. You may not get out of it. Or maybe you will. My stars are down there at the bottom of the barrel too. But they are also three points away from a playoff spot. All they have to do is catch up with Nashville. And we'll see. And it's, it's very possible. It, I don't know how likely it is. You got to have the, the goalies defense and scoring on their game against Detroit back-to-back. -back. And then if you look at the schedule even further, uh, you have Detroit back-to-back, -back, and then they get a day break, and then they play them two games again in three days. And then they get another day break, and then they're playing back-to-back -back games against Carolina. They get a day break from there, and then they'll play Tampa Bay. Um, and by the way, these two games over the next two days against Detroit, 
their two of the remaining four games the Stars have left at home. Uh, on the 22nd and 24th, they'll be in Detroit. On the 26th and 27th, they'll be in Carolina. 29th, I'm sorry, oops. 26th and 27th, they'll be at home. There you go. Um, I misread it. It says it right here. The green is the home and the white is the way. Uh, 29th is going to be in Tampa. And from there on, out, there on out, they're away until the chips fall where they may. Um, these four games against Detroit are crucial. I, I expect them to try as hard as they can. God, at least I hope anyway. Um, because they're going to need all those possible eight points. They're going to need all of them. They're going to need at least three of four against Carolina. There's four possible points there, too. They're going to need one at least in Tampa. But they need... <laughs> who am I kidding? They really need two. Because they play them two more times before the end of the season. They're going to need the points against Nashville and Florida. And then their final two games are against Chicago. Chicago and them have not gotten along. At least in terms of the Stars winning. Um, I don't want to be negative about it. I really don't. But... You know, in a way, I really don't have a choice. They need all those points. And they need to slow down Florida. They're going to need to slow down Tampa Bay. They're going to need to, you know, put the kibosh in Detroit. They need all those possible points. Carolina has slapped around the stars. <laughs> And when the Stars beat Carolina, it was a close game. 3-2 to two being the most recent one. You know, they, they got to step it up. Because from here on out, every point matters. Every game matters. And don't hit me with the, oh, there's games in hand on this team and that team. That doesn't matter if they're not going to win. You know, they have to play hard. And it all starts tonight and tomorrow in Detroit. I don't expect them to win the back-to-back. -back. I really don't. I wish they would. I would be surprised if they would. I really would. Um, I said at the beginning of this season, I said all along in my shows, that guess what? They're not going to make it to 20 games. And if I look at the NHL standings, let's see. Are they going to make it to 20 wins? They are sitting right now at 17, 14, and 2. There's 9 games left. Oh, no. There's not 52 games. There's 56 games. There's a, a little more than 9 games left. I can't math. Forgive me. There's 17, 14, and 12. 46 points. Nashville's ahead of them with 49. Um, in this wonky season that we've had, you know, they better do something. Uh, gosh, you know, they can catch Nashville if Nashville loses a couple more and, um, and they lose against the Stars. But, let's look at this. The remaining games for Nashville are tonight against Chicago, the 21st at Chicago, 23rd at Chicago, and then they have a back-to-back -back against Florida at home on the 26th and 27th. You go further along. As I said, they have Dallas on the 1st. On the 3rd and the 5th, they're at Columbus. And on the 8th and 10th, to finish off the season, they're home 
against Carolina. Um, yeah. I, it's very possible they could catch Nashville. Now, I went after those those teams, Nashville and Dallas, because obviously that's three points difference. And the fact that Nashville's got a pretty hardcore schedule ahead of them. But it's it's not a given that they'll lose. They could find a momentum swing and um, find their way. Blow the stars out of the water. The stars have to start tonight against their back-to-back Detroit games. They have to get it done. Tonight is crucial. Tomorrow is crucial. The rest of the games are crucial. They can catch Nashville. They can make the playoffs. But then again, <laughs> would they do anything? Just because they found success and, you know, they rode the lightning, no pun intended, all the way to the Stanley Cup. Finals doesn't mean that they will have that same luck this year. However, Sagan is supposed to be back in the coming weeks or days or whatever the case. Um, if they find a little success now, you know, they get Tyler back, maybe they'll uh, find their way into the playoffs, maybe. I hope. Um, Tyler Sagan's the number one star center. Uh, you slot him back in. Maybe you put Gurianov and Ben on the line. Gurianov's been a hot, hot commodity lately. He's been the hotness, I'll say. And so has Rupe Hintz. So, you know, maybe you put those two on the line with Sagan. Drop Ben to the second line. I don't know. But those two, those three players... Ben, I mean, uh, Sagan, Rupe Hintz, and Gurianov. If you put those three together, maybe you'll find some good results. I, I don't know. Um, I think if you put Dennis Gurianov on the line with anybody, um, they'll feed him, and that, that line, whoever it will be, will catch fire. Um... You know what? No, I'm going to go with it. You put Gurianov on a line with Tyler Sagan and whoever else. If he can play either wing, you make that happen. I believe Gurianov is a right wing. Let me check. Dennis Gurianov is a... Aha, right wing. Okay, so that settles it. You put Sagan on the line with Gurianov and watch him ignite Sagan. I guarantee you it will happen. I will stake my reputation on it. Gurianov, Sagan on the line. With who, it doesn't matter. Maybe you put Delandria up there. Get the young guy going. I don't know. I know that I like the way that uh, Ty Delandria has played and I think he brings a different energy to the stars um, yeah that's all I got I mean Gurionov could be the guy that carries us into the playoffs us being the stars I don't know why I say us but that, that's just a habit um, and Sagan coming back will take the pressure off of Hintz Hintz is carrying the whole team on his back. It's like he is taking part. Uh, taking Tyler's part as the alternate captain without the big A on his chest. Um, I'm impressed with him. And he's been hurt too. Dennis Gurionov is doing his thing. Put him on the line with Tyler and uh, Delandria. Watch some magic happen. I guarantee it, dude. I don't know. Um, but I'm excited about the next couple of games. With that... With that rambling, we're going to go on another commercial break. Thanks for listening to me talk to uh, you guys about the Dallas Stars. I'll be right back.
How about this, guys? The Texas Stars, it breaks my heart to say it, but I'm going to say it. They are losers of three straight against the San Jose Barracuda, and they have three games starting on Thursday against the Cleveland Monsters, and then three against the Tucson Roadrunners, and then three against the Iowa Wild, I guess, to finish out their season. It's um, kind of what it looks like, although I will be honest, I haven't completely looked. Um, yeah. I'm a little scared for him. Let's see if I was right about the schedule. Yeah, it looks like that's it. Um, the next few games for them are very important. Uh, they had lost... Let's see. Ooh. When they played the Cleveland Monsters from the 25th to the 28th, they had one win and two losses. The, the Texas Stars. When they played the Wild, they were, ooh, ooh, one and three. Okay. Um, here they sit. Three more games against Cleveland. They have to win those. We'll say two of three at the very least. And then they have to beat Tucson to find themselves at least in the talk of being top of the Central Division. Um, as I said... Iowa is second. They have 26 points, as do the Texas Stars. 32 points for the Wolves of Chicago. Um, you want to push Cleveland down a little further in the standings. So they need a possible six. They need, out of a possible six points, they need all six. Um, there is no bones about it. 12, 15, and 2 just ain't going to cut it. Um, especially with, uh, I just noticed this on the schedule. Cleveland Monsters have 17 games played. Um, okay. Texas Stars have 29. Uh, they, they have lots of games in hand on the Texas Stars. So they need to push Cleveland down the standings as far as possible right now. And they also need to whoop up on the Wild. I will say that, okay? I will say that. Uh, the Roadrunners... Uh, where are the Roadrunners in the standings? Let's look. The Roadrunners at the bottom of the Pacific Division. They are 10, 14, and 2. 26 games played. Um, they could beat them pretty easily, I hope. But the Wild and... I'll just go ahead and say it. The Wild and the Monsters are the... The cream of the crop for the Texas Stars. They have to win those games. And, you know, cement themselves as one of the best teams in the AHL, or at least the best teams in the conference. Maybe not the, the AHL, let's be, let's be honest. That's a little hard of a pill to swallow. So, um... Texas Stars are in a crunch as well. Um, I guess it's been a team thing all the way down the system. But, you know, I, I, I would love it if both teams found their way into their respective playoffs. Texas Stars and Dallas Stars. Again, it's it's been a heck of a season, we'll say, with the um, – stuff going on in the news, shall we say? There you go.
and it's possible. Um, I'm, I'm scared for him, though. I'm scared for the Texas Stars as well. You know, the, the players bouncing back and forth between leagues has seemingly hurt them. Uh, they need things to be back to normal. Um, and that is me being optimistic. Uh, if the Texas Stars make the playoffs, I don't know how far they would make it. I don't even know how the playoffs work, to be honest with you, because uh, I do not have everyday access to the AHL, but I do the NHL. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, the Texas Stars do have some good players coming up in the system, though. And, you know, with the ECHL being the feeder league and all that, they'll be fine in the future. I will say that much. Um, maybe they just need the the regular format of the season to happen. I don't know. The same can be said for the Dallas Stars. Um, I'm not convinced they can do as big of things without Radulov and Bishop. However, they, they need to. Um, and when it comes right down to it, I think both teams need to have the next man up mentality. Because, you know, as things happen in the NHL, players will be brought up to the AHL to uh, replace the AHL players that were called up to the NHL. You know, they they have to have a next man up. They have to put in the work and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Um, I like Dallas's chances the more I think about it. Uh, I do apologize for saying they may not win 20 games. Um... But I didn't know how the 56-game playoff format would work. I still don't understand it fully. I mean, can you get on... Get on? Can you get into the playoffs with freaking 15 overtime losses? And what do you do to fix that? Do you practice overtime? I'm just not confident in this team at all. I love them to death. I wish they were confident in themselves, but they haven't shown me that they're going to be. Uh, same can be said for the Texas Stars. You know, can, can they muster up the courage to fight on through everything the Dallas Stars are going through? Because it, it does feed. You know, it, it's a trickle-down effect. Um... That was an air freshener. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it. how many points does it take to get into the playoffs for each team? Uh, obviously, for the Dallas Stars, it'll take more than Nashville. But, you know, they, they've got to muster up the courage to keep going and fighting and fighting hard. And... It all starts, in my mind, with Dennis Gurianov. You know, what if Anton Hadobin gets tired and Jake Ottinger gets tired? What do you do then? Uh, do you call somebody off the taxi squad? I hope the people in the taxi squad are getting regular practice because that's what it's going to take. And um, furthermore, what about people that are doing really well in the AHL? Do you call them up to the ta taxi squad? And send people down so that they don't get rusty? <sighs> the more I talk about it, the, the taxi squad and this weird season, I kind of like the way the format is. You know, maybe somebody should, uh, by somebody I mean Batman. maybe Batman should allow the taxi squad to be a thing. Um... You know, with, with things calming down, hopefully, at least in my area, uh, with the big thing in the news, I don't want to say it because, you know, um, should the taxi squad be allowed in the 82-game season and the normal AHL season? What if the AHL had a taxi squad? Forgive me for not knowing for sure. But what if the AHL taxi squad was a thing for the regular season? 
and playoffs and, you know, it would allow people to be called up. And it would allow people to beef up their teams. I think it's a great idea. I like the taxi squad. I really do. I hope they practice. I hope they um, are able to fill in for um, the guys that get injured or are sick or whatever. Because that sort of thing does happen. But I like the idea. Um, I like the idea of a playoff play-in last year as well. Um, the Stars only won one game, if I remember correctly, that uh, that whole time. But, you know, at the same time, they were also solidly seated at whatever it was, six, I think. So there wasn't all that much pressure on them. Um I wish they would do that again. I really do. Because it was cool. It was different. It was... It seemed like it was helpful. Um, and for the guys that deserve to be called up, you know, it it kind of put them at the ready. There's going to be players that miss out when the season goes back to normal on NHL ice time. And... That'll force you to trade away players that could also help you somewhere down the line. So a taxi squad would be pretty good. I mean, it's a... it's I don't want to say it's a placeholder, but it's... um It's a happy medium between the Texas and Dallas Stars. You, you would... If you're on the practice squad... You would, uh, you would be allowed on the ice in the NHL level. You would practice and gain chemistry and get in game shape. And furthermore, it probably would be cost effective. Uh, something I've been thinking about. I love the idea of a, a taxi squad. It's like a practice squad for the NFL. Um. And some of those players deserve it. Rhett Gardner being one. Uh, how about how about that new kid, Robertson? He's earned his spot in the NHL level. What about what happens to him when the the season goes back to normal? Is he gonna stay on the pros? Is somebody gonna have to get traded because he does stay on the pros? It's, you see, it's it's unnerving. And I think the taxi squad would help. Uh, I don't know how many players you would allow. But in the case of somebody like Ben Bishop, you know, you wouldn't have an emergency goalie. He would be right there on the taxi squad. For defense, you wouldn't have to trade two really good players that are not injured to get a defender there would be a defender that's at the ready at the taxi squad. It it just helps. Um, yeah, I I would be ecstatic. That, and I admit, you know, this season has been weird, but it's taught me a lot about hockey. It's taught me about the different ways people can do hockey and do hockey business. That is. I love the taxi squad. I love uh <laughs> I love the 82 game season. I don't like 56 game season because um it puts more pressure on the the team and you know they have back-to-back games on some weeks and then a day off and then two more back-to-back and it's just it's a mess. You begin to feel bad for the players. You begin to feel bad for the coaching because they don't have any days off. 82 games is important. But for the 56-game season, 25 freaking overtime losses might be the thing that gets you in the playoffs. It's terrible. It's creepy. It's crazy. It's Maybe it ain't so bad, you know? I don't know. The That's my Texas and Dallas Stars talk. Uh, I hope to see... More of the taxi squad. I want to see an 82-game season. That's all I know. I miss it. Uh, Playoffs, 
could be in the star's future on both sides. We'll see. Uh, but I hope. And that's going to do it for Hockey Talk. Uh, when I come back, we'll talk a little bit of Mavericks and Rangers. And then that'll be it for today's show. I'll be right back, guys. Thanks for listening. All right, so let's talk Dallas Mavericks. Um, They are in seventh in their conference. They're in a playoff spot right now. And they're holding off a slew of teams that I wouldn't expect to not be in the playoffs for the playoff spot. And I don't know that's good news for me. They have lost two games in a row. But they haven't lost... Uh, any more than two games in a row since um, the 116 to 108 loss to Oklahoma City started what was a, I think it was three games losing streak. So it's not going to get much worse for them. Um, they've had Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, they've had Brzingis, they've had Doncic all in the point leader, assist leader, rebound leader categories for the team. With the coach they have now, I think the Dallas Mavericks will be fine. Um, They don't have to fight too hard for a playoff spot. As I said, they're already in one. Seventh place is a bit of an underdog seed. Um, But, you know, at, at the same time, it doesn't mean that a top seed won't roll right over them either. Uh, I think that would make it interesting for the top seeds at the very least. Um, However, the important thing to remember is don't count them out. Um, Yeah. I mean, what else can you say about them? I I don't have any doubt that they'll find a way to remain in a playoff spot and or go further up in the standings. Um, this team is, is fairly good. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, like I said in one of the other shows, I think a, a playoff play-in thing would be pretty good. Because what if um, for the eighth seed or last seed or whatever in the division, I'm sorry, conference, what if the last team in the conference is tied with another team? You know, that would come in handy there as um, those two teams could play off, uh, play for that spot. You know, it would give the other teams a little bit of rest, and, you know, it would put the team in that final spot in a good position, if you ask me, because they'd have momentum. Um, you know, it, I'm one of those people that don't like to rest a lot if – you have a wave of good momentum and energy. You know, I, I probably would not rest. It would drive me crazy. Um, because if you rest too long, you'll cool off. Um, like I said, though, the Mavericks are in seventh place. They could go a little bit higher in the standings. Um, probably wouldn't hurt if they did and it doesn't actually surprise me if they do uh they'll be playing i believe it's tonight and um yeah there's no reason to believe that they won't pull out of their little two-game funk i think they're fine uh it's a loaded team all the way around uh Yeah, they'll be fine. Season's coming to a close for the NBA. Um, it's been a weird season. Um, hopefully everything with them and the rest of the leagues, for that matter, go back to normal. Um, no complaints here. Um, it's shocking to me, though. I will say this. As a person that has watched... The, the Spurs, you know, back in their heyday. Um, 
and the Mavericks back in their head, heyday with Rodman and all of them, you know, it, it's shocking to see that all the Texas teams are not in the playoffs right now. Um, I get a serious kick out of when the three are because, you know, you get to find out, at least from my point of view, who's the best in the state. I like it. Um, but we'll see. Maybe the Mavericks are the best in the state. Who knows? Anyways, uh, we got to get into baseball before we close out this show. And uh, once we do that, we will close out the show. All right. All right. So check this out. The Texas Rangers are 7-9 and nine right now. They're three games back of the first place Mariners. That ain't so bad at all. Um, especially with the season being as young as it is. They've won they won one to nothing last night. And both teams, the Orioles and the Rangers, only had five hits. That is crazy to me. Um five hits in baseball just blows my mind. It's probably the standard. I'm not a avid baseball fan. I haven't watched since the days of Pudge Rodriguez and uh, Palmero and Rusty Greer and all those guys. I haven't watched religiously since John Wetland was on the mound for the Rangers. I will admit to you that. But I do keep up with them. Um, and, you know, I, I see... A fun slate of games for them as they've lost two out of three to Baltimore. That sucks. They'll play the Angels the next three games, all three in California, and then two in Chicago, three in Chicago, sorry, before coming back home for the next five games against the Angels and Boston. Um, prime opportunity for those guys to... Uh, gain some ground on the Mariners and even the Angels because the Angels are above them in the standings as well. Um, and also, prime opportunity for those guys to maybe jockey for the best batting average on the team. I mean... You know, on paper, this looks like a very good team, the Rangers do. Um, three games back, this early in the season is not that bad. Um, and uh, their little series here coming up with the Angels should prove that. Uh, well, I hope. Um, the trades that were made at the beginning of the season or in the offseason... Rather, I think they might help them. Um, and I don't think that doing any more is necessary. You know, they have the means to do big things. Or at least, hopefully, uh, that's barring injury and any other crazy stuff that happens. Um, I like the Rangers team now. I like that they're only three games back. You know, it could be a lot worse. And I think they have a shot against L.A. to gain some ground. Uh, that's it for the baseball coverage. I'll have to watch the games coming up. That way I know the who's who and the what's what for the next shows. Um, but yeah. Um. I usually like to leave my shows with a little bit of encouragement for everybody listening. Um, today's Monday. It's the start of a brand new week. You're awake. You're moving. You're alive. Hey, above ground. That's what matters. Um, you know, you might as well make the best of it. <laughs> Don't forget to smile, man. Life ain't that serious. For me, I'm going to be doing lots of writing. I'm going to be watching the Dallas Stars tonight as they take on Detroit, as I said earlier. The very important stretch of games for the Stars to figure their life out, their playoff life out. <laughs> and I hope they do. Uh, 
But, you know, it's just like them and their playoff life. You know, we we have another day to do something great, so let's do something great. Uh, let's fight for what we want, fight for what we need, because that's why we're alive. We're alive to make a difference. We're alive to help our fellow man. We're alive to succeed. Um, so, yeah, there's no excuse. Let's, let's succeed. Let's succeed together. Let's have fun. Um, other than that, I got nothing, man. There's a busy slate of games in my area. Mavericks, the Rangers, the Stars. Only thing I'm missing is the Cowboys. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's something to be excited about, too. Team's getting better. All the teams are getting better. Um, and there's some players that uh, are making a difference that I never thought would. So uh, maybe you should uh, watch. Actually, that is my challenge to you. Watch some Texas teams. Tell me what you think. Watch the Rangers. Watch the Mavericks. Tell me what you think uh, their playoff chances are. And tell me how uh, not how but who will make an impact. I'm a fan of the underdog players. I don't I, I like the big name players, but you know they're gonna make an impact. So tell me who I'm missing. Um and I guess with that, we're gonna close out this show. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's been fun. It's been real. Um, been a great weekend of sports. As I said, the Stars won two games in a row. They're going for three tonight when they face the Red Wings. That's going to be a very important stretch of games. An important stretch of games for the Rangers. An important stretch of games for the Mavericks as well. Um, that's the one thing I like about well, actually, I like, but I hate it, to be honest with you, about the Dallas teams. You know, for whatever reason, on paper, they're the most talented team in in the media. You know, that's that's what they say. The Dallas Cowboys are paper Super Bowl champions. The, Ma the Mavericks are um, the Mavericks. And it's just like, okay. Uh, I don't believe the hype, but, you know, there might be some hype around this area. There might be um, your player to watch for me in the NHL. Y'all should look out for Dennis Gurianov. If not, look for um, Rupe Hintz, Ty Delandria. Those players are going to make a, a splash. They're, they're going to make some noise, I guarantee it, in the NHL. Um, those players are not to be traded. God, I hope not. When it comes uh, to the expansion, Seattle Kraken, you know, I I hope that they do not lose Delandria, Rupe Hints, and uh, Garanov. Uh, with that, I don't know who they would willingly give up because you know they're they're barely surviving. They're fighting for their playoff lives, but. Every man does have a purpose on this team. Yeah, somehow we ended up talking Dallas Stars again. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's what's hot right now for me. Um, the Rangers won by one nothing score last night. That's, yeah, or the night before or whatever it was. I believe it was last night. Um, one nothing. That's a good score. It wasn't a no hitter by any uh, any stretch, but it was one nothing. And um, shutout, shutouts are are big. Uh, big games this week for the Mavericks, Rangers, and Stars. I will be watching the Stars heavily. Detroit, two games in a row. Tampa Bay coming up, Stanley Cup champions. They got to get some revenge. 
on Tampa Bay because that series in the playoffs was brutal. And Steven Samkos, I think their captain may be out. So do they have a chance? I don't know. But that's all that's uh, happening down here in the Lone Star State. This has been JJ Sportatorium. I want to thank y'all for listening. Sorry if I went a little bit uh, rambly, but thanks again for listening. JJ Sportatorium is done for the day. Have a great week. I will see you on Wednesday. This show was brought to you by the fine folks at Snowman Digital Media Podcast Network and WSMDB. Thank you guys for hosting the show. And thank you for allowing me to talk sports.